Hello, Roy here. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to The Roy Green Show ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. Knock that fire down, 19. Copy, Captain. Let's move. ABC Thursdays. Firefighters, we're family. Station 19 is back for its final and hottest season yet. The subject has explosive chemicals. With fiery romances. You're the love of my life. And Andy is finally in charge. I'm going to be the best damn captain the station has ever seen. Station 19. All new Thursdays, 10, 9 central on ABC and stream on Hulu. Big international story today is that uh, Jack Letts, who was dubbed by the British media as Jihadi Jack, has been stripped of his UK citizenship, and the British government says over membership in ISIS, which leaves Jack Letts as only a Canadian citizen. He had dual citizenship because his father was born and raised in this country. His mother is British, and Jack Letts spent most of his life in the UK, but he is a Canadian citizen. When I last spoke with his father, John Letts, Mr. Letts had talked to us about wishing to get his son out of a Kurdish prison and into this country. And Mr. Letts told us at that time that there had been some conversation with Global Affairs Canada about getting his son out of that Kurdish prison and into Canada. What's the situation now? There are media reports that suggest that uh, Canada and the UK are furious with each other over the, or Canada is furious with the UK over the decision the Brits made. Canada says no. But here is uh, a statement that came out of the office of the public safety minister, Ralph Goodale. The government of Canada is aware that the United Kingdom revoked the citizenship of Jack Letts. Terrorism knows no borders, so countries need to work together to keep each other safe. Canada is disappointed that the United Kingdom has taken this unilateral action to offload their responsibilities, investigating, arresting, charging, and prosecuting any Canadian involved in terrorism or violent extremism is our primary objective. They must be held accountable for their actions. The government is aware of some Canadian citizens currently detained in Syria. There is no legal obligation to facilitate their return. We will not expose our consular officials to undue risk in this dangerous part of the world. We are not able to comment on specific cases or national security operational matters. Remember as well that it was this government, the current government of Mr. Trudeau, that enacted Bill C-6 to put aside C-24, C-24 allowed for the rescinding of Canadian citizenship of convicted terrorists who held another country's citizenship as well. Mr. Trudeau passed that legislation. He wanted it. He passed it. So convicted terrorists with Canadian citizenship cannot lose their Canadian citizenship. rights and their Canadian citizenship. John Letts, the father of Jack Letts, joins us from the UK. John, it's been a while since we've spoken. Uh, thank you for taking the time to talk to us today. Were you aware that your son's British citizenship was going to be rescinded? And if not, when did you find out officially that the decision was taken by the British government? We found out officially a month ago a courier showed up and very rudely gave me a package, demanded lots of information from me, and that's when we found out. It only broke in the papers here today, but it's not that it came as a surprise. What, uh, I, what is the reaction, what is your reaction, and what is your wife's reaction to your son's British citizenship, citizenship being revoked? You told me in our first conversation, which is almost two years ago now, 
that you doubted very much and you challenged the notion that your son had actually joined ISIS. Um, yeah, and we still, that's still our position, and I think it's, from our side, even clearer. Um, uh, he, he never joined ISIS. He's always denied it. When I spoke to you last time, we were in the middle of our trials. It was all contempt of court, and no one wanted to speak to us. So we couldn't speak openly about things, but all that's now finished since the trial's over. So we can talk about what we know about what Jack did, what, what we do know. Um, obviously, I haven't spoken to Jack directly in over four years, like face, you know, person to person. Um, we've had um, app messaging app messages from just over two years ago, and he, he certainly told us a lot of things then. Um, no, I don't think he ever joined ISIS. I think um, that he went out there for the reasons, like for, for his, he was younger, he was a bit messed up. Uh, he certainly chose to go to ISIS, and everyone says, well, he, you know, he, he chose his route, so now he has to pay the price. Well, he chose to go, to, to go into ISIS-controlled territory, that's true, although there were, there were hundreds, thousands of groups operating. But he also chose to stand against ISIS. He was put on trial three times by ISIS. Um, they put him on trial in Mosul, for example, because he condemned ISIS as being un-Islamic. He was under house arrest three times. The last time he escaped, and they said, we catch you again, you're going to be killed. That's, and he lost a lot of his friends, because no one really wants to talk about the resistance to ISIS inside, uh, inside um, Raqqa and other places. So um, he, um, he, he was in hiding. He was in danger. He lost a lot of his friends. And if, you, if I could read you all the messages, the, the, the frightening messages, I mean, they're not messages that were made up. They're messages that would upset any parent. So we felt compelled to try to help him. And when we went to trial, um, we were found, contrary to all the media reports, um, the way they've spun it, we were found not guilty of sending money to Syria. No one seems to get that straight. Not guilty because the jury accepted that Jack was trying to escape from ISIS, that he condemned them, and that we were under duress to help him save his life. And also, they accepted that the police had told us in writing that we could send the money. However, they did find us guilty of one charge, which was sending 200 pounds, which is about $350, to Lebanon to a poor family who had been a friend of Jack's. But the judge said there is no suggestion that any of this money went for terrorism. But under the Terrorism Act, which is incredibly broad here, incredibly draconian, that they said, well, there was a risk that it could have happened. And that's what we were found guilty of. Now, that's become convicted terrorists, you're sending money to Syria. Well, no, that isn't what happened. So I would like all this information to be able to come out very clearly. Look, if I, I said it to you before, Roy. I'm sorry, I'm, I'm not giving you a chance to even breathe, as I did last time, and I said I wouldn't talk so, so quickly, but it's a really intense issue for us, particularly today. But if Jack has done anything wrong, I will be the first to condemn him publicly. And, and you know, it was horrible what ISIS did. And there were hundreds and hundreds of groups doing all sorts of horrible things. There were moderate rebels that we trained that did horrible things. Yeah. Uh, so, John, let me, let me, let me just intercede. Let me just jump in here for a moment, because I saw a quote from Jack, your son Jack, in an interview with the BBC. Your son is quoted as saying, I know I was definitely an enemy of Britain. He then also told ITV, I'm not going to say I'm innocent. If I'm not innocent, I deserve what comes to me. What do you make of that? I have seen additional uh, bits of those interviews, and I've seen uh, another transcript from ITV where he says, of course I wasn't a terrorist. Now, to me, my view on that is, and I'm not alone in thinking this, Jack was tortured. We know that. 
even the Canadians have, have, have acknowledged that in, in the message, um, that the claim has been made anyway. Uh, Clive Stafford-Smith is a very, very respected human rights lawyer who set up a group called Reprieve. He worked on a lot of the Guantanamo cases. He's the only person who's gotten in to see Jack in two and a half years. And he spent an hour with Jack after the, the interview, and he said, Jack very clearly said, and he said, I believe him 100%, that he was tortured in those uh, before those um, interviews. Okay, let me come back to the issue of you and your well, wife. That's, that's a very important point. So I dismiss what Jack said in those interviews. I know him. I see him speaking. I knew him for 18 years. I can t- see his face when he's speaking in fear and, 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 and telling a little porky, as they say. So I believe he was tortured. So I don't take that as evidence. So as far as I'm concerned, there is no evidence that Jack has done anything wrong. And if there is, bring it forward. John, you and I, when we last spoke, um, you told me that Global Affairs Canada had been in touch with your family and uh, the conversation had been, or the communication had been about, getting Jack out of a Kurdish prison and into this country. Now, the Kurds want to repatriate their prisoners. They've made that very clear. But the Canadian government, if we look at the, uh, the statement from our public um, safety minister, isn't particularly, uh, doesn't seem enthusiastic about this. They're accusing Britain of having... Uh, Uh, offloaded their responsibilities, and the minister says the government is aware of some Canadian citizens currently detained in Syria. There's no legal obligation to facilitate their return. So let's start with your conversations with Global Affairs Canada and then your reaction to what the federal public safety minister has indicated. Well, our conversation started quite a long time ago, and initially they were very positive, and I've got letters in front of me that clearly says that they're having discussions with the Kurds and... um, you know, we're really going to try to get him out, and we're going to work together to do this. Um, everything seemed really good. I've got a letter I'm looking at from January 24th, 2018, which says that very thing. We know that they had meetings in the region of uh, critical diplomatic people to facilitate that and probably other Canadians. And then what we know is that all of a sudden it was like the shutters came down and we started getting just a, a stock response from Global Affairs, which was verbatim identical to what the British response was. So our assumption has been that they were just taking orders from the British. And that was upsetting as a Canadian. And um, But that's basically been the situation, so we've had pretty much nothing. I mean, I went to Canada twice, and again, it didn't really get anywhere. Um, so, And that's been the situation until recently, and we've now rekindled our contact with the with the government to say there must be a way that we can work through this. Now, I'm, I have that statement in front of me from Ralph Guda, which I've only just got in the last few, not, not long ago. And, you know, I agree with, with a lot of it. I agree with they must be held accountable for their actions, and anybody involved in this stuff should, should be punished. Uh, you know, how could I not agree with that? I mean, you know, we all want the country to be safe. Um, I have no idea at the diplom- in a diplomatic sense, you know, what was discussed or not discussed. I think it's quite surprising if there hadn't been some discussions. But again, I'm not surprised, surprised by the British government making unilateral decisions. Are you disappointed by what the public safety minister of this country had to say? Clearly, you want your son to come to Canada. Well, I think I'll just wait a little bit longer. It seems to be, I don't know what the situation is there. Yeah, I do want him to, to come to Canada, and I think he can play a role to, to help, but um, I think, I don't, I don't really know. I mean, we, we're just kind of reacting to this. We, we haven't quite planned our next steps, 
But um, you, you've known for a month that your son's citizenship, the UK citizenship, was going to be revoked. Do you plan to, and you've said to, you've been to Canada twice, uh, do you plan to lobby Mr. Trudeau? Do you plan to lobby the Conservative Party leader, Andrew Scheer, and the other federal party leaders as this Canadian national election approaches? Do you plan to ask them to uh, get your son into this country? We have. And, and of course we will, because every day that we do nothing, he is dying slowly in a jail cell, and we believe he's innocent, and I think he has a right to, to, to prove that he, he is. So yes, of course, we're going to do everything. We're just waiting to see what can be done. I mean, this has now become public. We were waiting to see what was going to happen. Now that we know the landscape, it's a question of how we're going to move forward. And we have lots of people supporting us and supporting Jack, who um, I think could help. So uh, I'm not, uh, you know, specifically, I, I can't say what's going to happen, but I would like to think that you know, that the Canadians will have a more, um, what's the word, a more careful and more, I suppose, democratic approach to this. I mean, the British, uh, the statement which we've got from the Home Secretary, um, Sajid David, says it's not not conducive to the public good that he comes back to Britain, so we have to deprive him because it's not in the public interest. But the reasons why we're doing that uh, are also, it's not in the public interest for us to tell you why. This is the black hole that you, you can't fight against. There's nothing you can do about it. It's completely unilateral. Well, I think British citizens, I think British citizens fear, believe they have certain rights. The truth is you probably don't. Are you a dual citizen? Am I? Yes. Yes, I am. Yeah, yeah. Okay, I, so I, what, what, I what there... for work I did in Northern Ireland okay. during the Troubles in the late 90s. And my wife, by the way, has been a full Canadian citizen since she was 14. We're both full Canadian citizens. All right, so there, so as, as since she's a Canadian citizen, one would assume that there would be no ministerial requirement or no permit required from the minister for you and your wife to move to this country if you chose to. No, we're, we're Canadians. I don't see why that yeah. would be necessary. I don't think that's an issue. Is that a uh, possibility that you would want to move to Canada? Yeah, the research that I've been doing for 25, 30 years, which is on developing crops adapted to climate change, I think applies to Canada as much as anywhere else. I mean, we have a lot of huge crises to deal with in the world. Um, and I think that work has, has stands for itself here. So I would consider it. I mean, I love Canada. You know, I'm obviously Canadian. I'm from a small French village in southern Ontario. And, um, yeah, I have many friends there and family, and which I don't get the chance to see very much. And... Um, our lives here have been pretty much crushed. They've, you know, destroyed us financially. They've caused immense stress at the family level. So there's a lot of uh, changes that are occurring, and uh, you know, we, we are on our knees. Really, we're having to leave our flat, our house here that we rent. Um, we're destitute, to be honest, and we're extremely stressed by four and a half years of being prosecuted. Uh, you know, the fact that they could spend six million pounds trying to prosecute Sally and I for being dangerous people for sending 200 pounds to a poor family in Lebanon, I think is incredible. If they got six million, that's 10 million Canadian dollars that they spent prosecuting us. I think that could be used much better, uh, in a much better way to stop uh, real terrorists. John, are you facing prison time for this? No, no, we've been given a suspended sentence. So that means... Entirely. Yeah, we don't have to, we don't have to do anything. But you had spent time in prison. You did. I personally spent uh, 
six days in solitary uh, in Wandsworth Prison in London. Right. Uh, everyone was a bit shocked, and Sally was in the women's prison in Bronzefield, and it wasn't very nice. Uh, John, I have to ask you uh, this question, and I want to make sure I get this in. Has your son, at any point, to your knowledge, been visited by Canadian consular officials in that Kurdish prison? As far as I know, no, but I don't know how I would know because we don't have contact and no one speaks to us. So I have no idea. But, you know, I just want to say something else. He didn't live in Raqqa with ISIS. He lived in Iraq where he got married and had a child who he's never seen. He fell in love. He, he kind of, you know, went local and... Um, and hasn't seen his wife in all that time as well. And she was pregnant when Mosul fell, and he was actually trying to get into Mosul to get her out, and ISIS stopped him. And yet that was spun in our trial to show that he was off with ISIS. No, that wasn't the case. He only ended up in Raqqa because he'd been injured when a house they were living in got bombed, and he almost lost his arm. And the only place I could stitch it up was in Raqqa. And Raqqa was the center of resistance to ISIS, and that's when he got involved in it. He was only in Raqqa for a short time. But Raqqa was also the capital. It was also the capital it, of the caliphate. It, no, it was exactly, which is why it was so dangerous for them to operate. And he escaped from Raqqa before Raqqa fell, so he he didn't go to Raqqa to work with ISIS. He he ended up there because of his injury. That's our our, our view. That's your understanding or your view of it. Yeah. Sorry. Anyway, you, you wanted to ask me another question. Yeah. Uh, is your son? Do you have any idea whether your son's aware that his British citizenship is gone? I have no idea. Absolutely. There's no communication. We get a very occasional Red Cross messages, and as I say, they're extremely censored. So the Kurds have have not been in touch with your family at all? No, uh, as the Brit- everything. I've met the ambassador here in London, or the, what they call the ambassador. Um, we've tried, but they won't communicate. They're under lockdown. They've been given orders, and we've been told by the Kurds that that they've not, they're not allowed to talk to us. They're not allowed to talk to you? No. The British don't like it. Have you had conversations, discussions, contact with senior members of the British government who might not be uh, favorably disposed toward your son's citizenship being rescinded? We know there are some, and yes, we're talking to a few, and it's an unusual situation right now in Britain because obviously because of Brexit and what's happening in the Tory party, and it's a chaos at the moment. But there are some very, very senior MPs who are very well respected who think that removing someone's citizenship is is wrong. That if you know this is actually putting the world at risk, it's not going to keep the country safe and, and the okay. world safe if these people are not dealt with. But fundamentally, you have a right, certain rights as a British citizen, and we know there are a lot of people who feel that way. But the chaos that's going on here with Brexit and everything else seems to push everything off the agenda. You're Canadian. Your wife is Canadian, has been since she was 14, I believe you said. Yes. Your son, Jack, is Canadian. That's his only remaining citizenship now. And we have another son who's also fully dual citizen. Okay. Do you believe that this country has an obligation to unite you in Canada? Um... I think, well, I mean, there's, there's the legal view that I think we all have a right to go there as Canadians. And I like to think that Canadians appreciate the concept of unifying families who've gone through trauma and, and who would like to be together in a place like Canada. Yes, I think Canadian values are 
really important to me. I feel they're very different from some of the values I've lived with in Britain. We're very, very different. And, um, um, you know, a, a right. You know, if Jack has done, has, 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 in a sense, broken that bond and caused damage to Canadian society or world society and, and been evil and done all those things, I can see why Canadians would be extremely upset and say, well, we don't have a, a, a right to do that. I mean, I have as much a right to be in Canada as any other Canadian who's listening to this story. I've lived here, but boy, everyone knows me as a Canadian. I've done a lot to push Canadian uh, image, I suppose, here and, and work that I've done. But So I think I, we all have a right to come back, but if Jack has done something wrong, or any of us, including me and Sally, well then, uh, you know, yes, I, you know, I can see that someone's got to ask questions about that, and he should be put on trial, and I keep saying, prosecuted and, and, and punished if he has. But I keep saying, I think he actually has, he, he could actually contribute significantly to stopping young men from going into extremism. You know, he stood against ISIS, that's all I can say. He was a dedicated Muslim, but he, was, he, he believed ISIS was un-Islamic. No one seems to hear it. I keep repeating it. It's like I'm speaking it to a brick wall. But how many times do you have to say it? We can show that in all the messages. He said it himself. But the fundamental way of hearing that is to get him to say it. What if he is? You know, everyone condemns him. They don't know Jack. They know nothing about our case. But I'll be darned if they're not going to send in some tweet or a message comment on a on, a, on an article saying, oh, yeah, no smoke without fire. He must be evil. He's, he's, you're in denial. You're in denial. I'm not in denial. I'm not in denial at all. People can change. Kids can do stupid things. Uh, people can be brainwashed. I fully understand that. And I keep saying, I will help prosecute him if he's done something wrong. But what if he is innocent? What if he actually did stand against ISIS and, and was never a member, never did anything wrong, and actually risked his life and lost all of his friends to stop ISIS? Let's just say that's true. Is it right to keep him in, in a solitary cage in a Kurdish cell where he's dying slowly? He's not been charged. He has no legal representation. What rights do a Canadian have? What makes a Canadian? What makes us different? We have charter of rights. We have a constitution. Does it mean anything? And what if he's innocent? So, I, I, you know, I, I spent one week in a cell lying on a thin mattress with a little sheet. I was freezing to death. That's all there was, not a book, not a pen. I had no human contact for five days. I was freezing. I was in massive pain because of a shoulder injury. I didn't know when. I, I thought I'd be in there for a year. I didn't leave the cell because of the screaming and the violence that I saw in the toilets and, and heard about. I had inedible food shoved through a hole in the door uh, for, for six days. And then when the judge said release these people, they should never have been inside, they took another day to let me go, and they had to do a writ of habeas corpus just to get me out of the mm -hmm. British jail. I mean... You're comparing that with what I you think your son is facing now. nothing to what my son has gone through. I'm his father. Every night I have nightmares about this. And John, is your UK citizenship in possible danger, right. given uh, you and your wife were found guilty under the Terrorism Act in the UK? I, I'm sorry, I, it, your voice... Sorry, is, is, your, is your UK citizenship potentially in danger because of... The, the fact that you were found guilty um, under the Terrorism Act in, this, well, in the UK. I think any country can probably revoke citizenship of anyone if they decide it in, in a political sense. I mean, I suppose it would be in danger, and I think, I think the Canadians could probably do it. I have no idea. 
for sending 200 pounds to a poor family, if that's enough to revoke citizenship, if that makes me a threat to society, well, I've done a lot in 35 years to try to help British society, but I also have worked with some very significant people over the years who think what I'm doing is really valuable to society. So I suppose yes, Roy, but I, I don't know if they would do that. I think that would be politically... You know, I'm seeing emails from people who are very empathetic toward you. You're the dad. You're standing up for your son. You're worried about your son. They're very... They're, they get that. They're concerned. They have feelings for you. But I'm not seeing a lot of empathy and concern for your son. And that probably doesn't surprise you. What, no, but why? Well, what is the key point? The, because... If they say, well, because clearly he was in ISIS, where have they got that information? The tabloid press here, for example, has said, and in the court, when the prosecutor tried to prosecute us, they said, Sally and I were supporters of ISIS, that we tried to funnel money to ISIS to pay for suicide bombers to kill British soldiers, that we're a danger to society, that we set up this international communication system to communicate with our jihadi network, that I ran a training camp at my organic farm in Oxford, the tiny little organic farm, by the way, I rent. I mean, the things that have been said in the papers, people read that and they believe it. So if all these people think Jack is so evil, it's just based on media reports and people sadly believe what they read and they don't realize a lot of it is entertainment. You're, I'm talking to you directly, you're, thankfully, and I, I really appreciate you giving me a chance to speak. And they can believe me or not believe me, and I, I'm sure they can appreciate the fact that I'm a father. They feel for that. Well, then they should feel for the truth as well, because where are they really getting that truth? How do you check that out? Mm -hmm. And all I'm saying is maybe they should let Jack speak for himself. Maybe they should try to find out what the evidence really is before they make that judgment. All right, John, John I have two minutes. What level of interest is there in the UK? I know you're going to be on national television in England tomorrow, but what level of interest is there in this particular, in your son's story? It's been front page news for, for a number of years, on and off, but what's, the, what's yeah. the level of interest now? Huge interest. I mean, there are scrums of journalists outside the front door all morning, people ringing the bell trying to talk to us. We just close the blinds. They keep knocking. Uh, it's always, it's all over. I'm going to be on a Piers Morgan program tomorrow morning. I mean, uh, we've had two, three interviews today, and we don't want to do this. It's extremely invasive, and we're tired of this. We're exhausted. We're emotionally drained, and they come in, and, you know, your life is, how do you feel? It's all very uh, voyeuristic, and we hate it, but we have to do it because we have to keep going because we have to get Jack out or at least give him a chance for some justice. But there's huge interest and huge support huge support from people, family, friends. We've had a big network of, of, of people who think that we're losing all of our rights here. You know, they can't just do this to people. And, you know, I, I, I'd like to think Canadians are going to feel for that. Um, you know, maybe they won't. Maybe they won't. Well, time Nobody will... Nobody cares about anything. Time but, will uh, tell. We're and not going to stop because we can't. We're yeah. parents and we're not going to stop. And, John, this story, of course, is gathering your son's story and yours and your wife's your family is just gathering momentum in this country. So there'll be much more said, written, and uh, I'm sure we'll hear more from you. Thank you thank you for coming on the air with me today. Thank you, Roy. I'm so sorry I go on, but it's really intense, and we're just kind of in shock, really, from everything. And I, I think right, we understand. Thank you for giving me a chance. We understand. Thanks, John. Thank you very much. Take care. Okay. John Letts.